episode one all the way to four on every pay-per-view and special in between. We are just mere weeks away from Heatwave 1999. Um, let's try and finalize this card. You got myself, Paul. I'm joined as always by Jay. What is happening, Jay? You better check that thermometer because it seems to be getting hot. Um, or maybe not until next week. Um, yeah, it's it's we're on to another pay-per-view. We are well on our way to another pay-per-view. It's come around so fast. Um, it wasn't until I sort of was looking at results and stuff I was doing prep for the show that I sort of thought, Jesus, heatwaves in like two weeks. Two weeks. Their yeah. time. It's next week, our time. Um, our next week's show. It is, just to clarify. Um, yeah, but this week we're looking at July 1999, episodes 324 and 325. Um, yeah. Which means we've got a um, Rushmore to do. We've got a Rushmore to do. We've got a Rush for Rushmore. Mm. <laughs> we might we might save that for the week after because it'll be a filler show anyway. With with uh, yeah, I, I think it works. Yeah, I, I was looking at. It, I was thinking with the pay per view, um, it makes sense because after Heatwave, you dive straight into a recap show. Yeah. So almost best to do a recap show and Mount Rushmore. Yeah, maybe another episode, like, depending on how it goes. Yeah, give people a little something extra rather than just saying, we've got a recap from Heatwave. So that'd be fun. So uh, yeah, Mount Rushmore probably episode 326, technically. Or just before, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, stick around for that because that's definitely always a fun show. Um, yeah, July 11th, 1999. Kicks off with Francine and Dawn Marie in a swimsuit showdown. Swimsuit showdown. Yes. Sort of is is yeah. I I, I mean you know I I, I realise I'm getting too much of a stickler for the rules of swimsuit swimsuit showdowns. See, it's hard to say, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> um, what's Francine's a swimsuit? I would say it was, yeah, no, I don't. It looked more like underwear. It did look more like underwear. You don't know what she wears to the beach. We do. We've yeah. seen her at the beach a thousand times. Yeah, we have actually for the adverts when um, old Tammy left. I recall. Uh, so, yeah, so you see Dorm. It's weird. Dorm Marie sort of in this weird transition where they sort of call her Dorm Marie a bit more now. Yes, although then, she is still Dorm Marie, bitch. B Y T C H. Yeah, so it's sort of this weird sort of transition where it's happened for no real reason. But um, apart from she can't be Tammy or Beulah because it doesn't make any sense at this point. So to go Dormery, which is good. Uh, she comes out first. Francine comes down. Francine's like, you go. And Dormery's like, no, you're the veteran. You go first. And like, Ooh. Uh, so she did. Stripped off. Throws around. Went to be Dormery. Go. Um, impact players come out. Tech Francine, Dawn Marie's not wearing a swimsuit. Sabu and Jerry didn't make the save. Yeah, basically. Um, so Tommy Dreamer gets caned because apparently he's watching this from the Eagle's Nest yeah. rather than up close uh, for reasons that we don't really know. Um, so he gets caned and taken out of it, which means, um, yeah, Francine basically is, is beaten up by the gang. Uh, she's held up for a cane shot and uh, someone runs out to make the save. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I've got to say, so you know, my my love for Francine is 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 well documented. Dawn Marie's facial expressions are really starting to to come through. She's she's getting far better at kind of playing the crowd, playing the moments, uh, being far more expressive of what's going on. So it's you know, she's she's starting to kind of come into her own a little bit more, which probably has something to do with the fact that she's actually been given her own name rather than yeah. Samarin Bitch or or, or Beulah McGillicuddy. Um but yeah, it was it was it was a fine enough segment. Yeah, no, it worked, didn't it? It wasn't, um, again, everything they're doing is just trying to basically move just incredible and unstorm to the top of the pile as fast as they can. Like they're, they're, yeah. They're becoming sort of the antagonists and the arseholes of the show, much like the triple threat were previously. So it works. It all sort of is working. Um, next up, we get RVD versus Balls of Honey for the TV title. It's been a minute since we've seen this one. Yes, did we say that um, Jerry Lynn came down to make the save there? Yes, it's Abu and Jerry Lynn, isn't it? Oh, you did. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Wonder if that'll ever come up again. Um, yeah. So, so this is the match that follows on from last week, where Balls Mahoney came in to save RVD from the Dudleys, and in doing so, then just wiped out Balls Mahoney, uh, wiped out RVD, and then just kind of wandered off. Um, so after all of that whole kind of, you know, who gets a title shot, who, I get a title shot, you get a title shot, and we know neither of us get title shots, everyone gets a title shot. Um, Balls Mahoney got a title shot for, for, for that. So he does jump to the top of the pile, doesn't he? Just, just take out. Yeah, take a name. Just take out the name, take out the champion. That's pick. how you make an impact and become a... Oh, no, someone else, isn't it? Yeah, just piss him off enough to... Um... Get a title shot. I mean, these two don't have crap matches. It's always good chemistry. Yep. But again, it's sort of, I guess the main thing is just continuing balls in anyone versus Dudley <sighs> Those feud. Darn dastardly Dudleys mm. disrupting stuff. So, um, yeah, Dudley boys basically come out, uh, ball with balls. It looks like balls is going to get his revenge and put them through a barbed wire table. Potentially flaming, we didn't get to that far, but Dudley's kind of reversed it. Flaming table, and then ball goes through the flaming table again. But then RBD hits with a frog splash for the win, which I thought was still nice. Well, yeah, so um, we had another flaming table spot, which yeah. is starting to kind of get to me ever so slightly because just like Tommy Dreamer. You know, back in the day where you know, you'd go through fifteen tables and then jump straight back up. You know, Balls Mahoney's coming back from this every single week. So this we've had flaming tables, we've had flaming tables with thumbtacks. This is flaming table with barbed wire. They then after that, because that's and this thing, you know, that's your big holy shit kind of you know crescendo moment. So after that, they put the barbed wire on him and then hit him with chairs. Yeah. You're kind of sitting there going, but wasn't the flaming table the spot? And then after the chairs with the barbed wire, as you said, RVD then hit because the match is still ongoing. None of that's stopped the match in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, RVD then hits the frog splash to pin him because a flaming table with barbed wire, then barbed wire being put on him and beaten with chairs, 
is apparently not enough to keep him down on his own. Yeah, it's... it was it was just a little unneeded. I, I think you could have kept the. I, and it amazes me that I have to say the sentence. I feel you could have kept the being put through a flaming table with barbed wire on spot strong without needing something else on top of it. And I don't even know why this match needed to finish, to be honest. Well, that's, the, that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I don't really... Like I said, it was it's visually always like amazing, always sort of gets like a, a wow and a gasp and all this, but... Um... Yeah, it's not. It's not needed. Needed. No, I mean, you know, was anyone going to after all of that, after all of that craziness, after all of that incredible, after all the spots, after all the the oohs and ahs and the wows of it, was there really anyone that's going to turn around and go? I just wish they'd given us a finish of that match. Well, exactly. You just kind of accepted that it was just a non and void. Doing. I kind of like. It kind of worked with the cockiness of RBD, the fact that he's still going to claim the victory. And that plays into, I guess, him at the end of the show as well. Yeah, but I mean, what's the referee doing counting? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it don't... wasn't needed. That was just, I guess that's just sort of a very much extreme, no rules kind of vibe they sort of flicker in with. So, but yeah, and, and flicker in with again is the thing in the sense of, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a match in a minute where they'll distract the referee before they do a low blow. And you're kind of sitting there going, well, how comes that's a worry of a, of a disqualification when two guys have run in, beat the crap out of everyone, put them through a flaming table, and the match continues? Yeah. Um, we get a promo from Taz. <sighs> I find Taz is sort of, we've spoken about before, he's very much put in a situation where he's almost being put too high above the rest of the, um, well, his section of the roster. So it's hard for him to really get viewed. He basically runs down everyone he beats. He does sort of reference Bigelow, Douglas, um, talks about people getting sent from other federations, which is sort of almost saying... um, There's no one here. There's no one here. And um, it's kind of obviously he he is gone by like the end of the year, and you slowly sort of see it, I guess. It's it's yeah. I mean, him talking about the fact that you know, one he won this belt in in January, um, you know, beating the franchise, beating Sabu, um, and you do kind of sit there while he's talking about it and kind of go, you've not really had a feud to get your teeth into the entire time no like I said like his best match was the um, Bubba Ray Dudley match yeah and then I don't know if it's just because um, they're good mates or whatever but they they had an absolute outstanding match that's easily his best um, match he's yeah had and the last pay-per-view after after both of them had, had previous matches and he choked out Chris Candido in 20 seconds whatever it was that's the thing, and like I said, it wasn't even meant to be his his match for that show, so that's confusing in itself. But um, yeah, so that one sort of that happened. 
And um, yeah, then we sort of got highlights of everything for Gannon with him as Carino. Which again, Carino's like good, but he's he's not a threat to Taz. That's the problem. No, so Carino's kind of a little bit of a manager style role at the moment. Um, however, why Carino suddenly is this this as you said credible threat? Bearing in mind he's been the the joke that's been um, manipulated into this for the last month. Mm. We don't quite know. Uh, but he's now got his stable, so he's got Jack Victory, he's got Rhino, maybe more, who knows? Um, but yeah, why, why that's a, a thing now. And it's this weird kind of like, you know, Steve Carino, so part of the, 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 the package was about, you know, Steve Carino manipulating Chris Candido into fighting Taz. Yeah. Well, that was, that was not the story at all. No. No, it wasn't. It's um Yeah, it's just I don't know, like I said, I just feel they're just sort of stuck in a rock at the moment. It does sort of even out and we do get a um a decent match, but it's all very sort of confusing how it um plans out. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get there in a minute, but um Exactly. You know, it's it's a pay per view and Taz doesn't have I mean, go, at this going point into uh, this, like before obviously we get to the next show going the card I would say somehow some way the main event maybe in a handicap match would be Carino and say Rhino versus Taz or Carino versus Taz that's the main event that I would say is the heatwave main event at the moment yeah um, probably just incredible Sabu yeah just incredible Sabu Maybe um, some, maybe a triple threat between um, RVD, Jerry Lynn, and Lance Storm. Yep. Dudley's uh, versus Mahoney and someone, and a mystery partner, which would be either Spike, maybe Axel Rotten, or someone we haven't seen for a while, New Jack. I don't know what's going on with him at the moment, but um, you know I mean, it'd be it'd be something along those lines. You'd, you'd kind of, I guess, paint that picture. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe could have you know, Tommy Dreamer would have come back with balls. That would have been fun. As a one-off. So yeah, all got involved in the the Lance Storm match triple or the threat. triple threat Lance match. Stuff. Yeah, or the or the the, the yeah yeah any of those. So I'll, yeah, that's what it felt like. The card is sort of heading towards, but obviously we get a um. A, a very different card, but we'll get. We'll to that get there in a minute. After after episode two, we'll talk about what we're going to be watching next week. Yeah. So uh, next match, just incredible. Lance Storm uh, turns into an extreme deathmatch, non-sanctioned match. So Jerry Lynn comes out. Jerry Lynn then finds a loophole as it's a non-sanctioned match. It's not sanctioned by any committee. Therefore, Sabu, who he knows out the back, is now allowed to be his tag team partner. Um, so yeah, basically, verbal exchange leads to this match. And that's what we get. Yes. So um, Joey Styles tells us that these two are the self-proclaimed impact players. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because he's been calling them that for about you know six weeks now. So the fact that they're self-proclaimed is strange. Um, and yeah, off we go. Um, was this... 
I can't remember if it was this one or the, the other one. That, again, they're building up the fact that uh, you know this woman has been with them for eight months and won't even give her a name. That might yeah. be the next one. That's, I think that's the next one, isn't it? Because they're going. Oh, it is. The, yes. The yes. Yes. Situations. Yes. Um, yes. This match basically happens. Match goes around. Um, Storm ends up pinning Lynn, and Impact players pick up the thing. Fun match, but that's pretty much where you're at with it. Yeah. So I like this match, and and I like this match far more than I thought it was going to. Um. Uh. I. I the split where they kind of went off and were beating up each other and, you know, both did kind of the tours, the loop around the building that we, we used to see very frequently um, was fine as these loops always are. I didn't quite understand the pairings because um, Jerry Lynn, who's in a feud with, with, with Lance Storm is being up just incredible. And Sabu, who's, desperate to get his hands on just incredible is beating up Lance Storm. So that felt like a miss in regards to kind of how, how they, my favorite spot of this is, uh, the Sabu table spot. So, um, uh, tables on the outside, uh, Fonzie's beating up, um, well, no, so Jerry, uh, just incredible gets kind of beaten up. Fonzie's trying to put him on the table. Sabu does his run up the thing, up the um, chair onto the top rope. Notices as he gets to the top rope that uh, Just Incredible switched and it's Bill Alfonso laying, laying on the table. So he then tries to stop himself and fall backwards, but Lance Storm pushes him. So he goes through the table and squishes uh, Fonzie, which I thought was a, a good spot. Yeah. Um, and took him out of the match, which then allowed the cradle pile driver to be hit on. Um, Julian for the win. Oh, the fact he's using his move as well, I think it's quite good. I do. I, 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 after two weeks of seeing it, spoilers for next week, um, I'm not sure if I'm already over it. <laughs> they, they do seem to have an idea and then just, um, run with Crush the it idea. Over the head. Yeah, run with the idea. We'll say. Uh, so it ends that. So it takes to July 18th, 1999, episode 325. Show kicks off with a major announcement as Paul Heyman comes out and announces that ECW will be joining TNN. Um, kind of sad just because you know how it ends and what this leads to, but yeah. you could feel the optimism and the buzz at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because it does feel as if it's, um, you know, them coming into the big time. Yeah. And I remember, you know, being a fan at this time and, you know, reading the wrestling news sites, there was a real feel of this is them kind of stepping up and becoming a a proper player um, in the in the, the, the wrestling wars. Um, but as you said, you know, knowing how this all plays out, um, how close they were on some of these bits. Well, Tinged with sadness. Yeah, it is though, isn't it? It's sort of, um, yeah. Like I said, they were just it, the crowd. Everything it, it should have been, should have been everything really. But um, yeah, yeah, we get the end of um, Vito the Skull versus Spanish Angel. Uh yes. So this is um, Vito who has now shed his um, Skull Bron Crush gimmick. 
and everyone is thrilled to find out that his name is Vito and he's from New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, um, his, his push is still sort of there or thereabouts and it is a very sort of strange... Yeah, and and I mean this this entire thing is is purely just to have the Dudleys run out and do their bit. Yeah, it seems to be a ongoing thing. So obviously that happens. So um, we get promo from Dudleys basically attacking the crowds. What did you think of this? Starting, aren't they? Well, they're starting to warm up. They're starting to warm up for Heatwave. Obviously, ninety nine is is the big is the night that they almost cause a riot. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. Uh, what do you think of this? Promo, it's it's you know absolute, just kind of you know nuclear heat, isn't it? They're, they're just you know, it is just insults. It is just trying to get someone to jump the crowd. I'm assuming that was a plant, um, because he kind of got beaten up slightly. Yeah. Uh, so you know they they're insulting him. Um, uh, suggesting that Devon might be familiar with his mother. Yeah. Um, and um, a beer gets thrown, and as such, they, they then kind of light the guy up. Um, so I'm assuming that's a, a, a plant and, and someone that was working through with them. Um, and then, you know, what I thought was a really, really cool spot, although I can't believe they, they shot it the way they shot it, uh, out of nowhere, suddenly Spike Dudley falls on them. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's um, it's and this thing, one of those like you, you really wish they'd, you know, telegraphed a little bit more, had a, a wider camera angle so you could kind of see him create a little bit more drama of him like appearing and dropping in or something because it's all just very kind of like oh and suddenly he's there and then they kind of kind of go oh, where did he come from oh my god he's jumped from the balcony and the answer is he could have jumped from like one foot up because you didn't see where he's jumped from you saw where he landed yeah I mean, it's just I, mean, I don't know what's going on with the, again the Dudley boys as well. I mean, they're, they're sort of top of a division that's not really. I mean, they get caught in the same situation. Not just ECW. At the end of their first WWE run, they get caught in the same thing where they basically they almost run out of teams. Yeah, because they are so dominant. And I get that. You know, it's a credit to them. But that's yeah, they had the same problem in the Fed at the end. And um, here it just feels like they've run out of. Sort of teams and feuds, so they keep putting them in TV title matches or doing this, the, the same group of players in different combinations. And, um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's all good. I mean, I'm buzzing for Heatwave because obviously I haven't seen that in ages, so absolutely, and, yeah. And they're still, they are still one of my favorite part of the show. You just kind of realize to how much we got sort of spoiled with the Eliminators, Gangsters. And all the others they were sort of feuding with for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lance Storm versus Jerry Lee in the ring together. Yeah. I really enjoy these two when they wrestle. I, I think technically 
they have a different style match, obviously, what Lynn has with RVD. But I think these two technically are superb together. I really do. Yes. You know? Um, I mean, it is. It's, it's just, you know, the chemistry is fantastic. Um, yeah, they, 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 the, neither of them are having bad matches. Both of them are, are on an absolute tear. So it's not a surprise that when they come together, um, they just do incredible, incredible things. Well, that's it. I mean, we get the end of the match where Just Incredible comes out, which brings out Sabo, so they're all brawling, which finally brings out RVD, who hasn't really been a part of this. Uh, no. RVD takes out Lance Storm, but accidentally takes out Lynn at the same time with the chair flicks off, which was really well done, I thought. Um, he dies out to take out Credible, but actually takes out Sabu. Celebrating every time, really not phased about others yeah. getting hurt. Similar to what we said about the Balls Mahoney thing last week. Very just like, I've got this, I'm RVD kind of thing. So that's um, interesting. And it just sort of just ends and we get highlights of um, Danny Doran Roadkill versus Chris Chetty Nova from the arena. Like yeah, that. and just, just so Chetty's going through a bit of a re-gimmick. Yeah, um, he's um, living the Vida Loca stage, isn't he? He is, he is. He's, he's, he's getting redone as Ricky Martin. Um, but, um, and we finally see, um, miscongeniality, miscongeniality, um, yeah. Angelica on TV, yeah. um, the, the future leader, um, she is absolutely buried for being, you know, this skanky ring rat, whatever, um, which was a bit, a bit brutal. Um, yeah, I, I thought that. I mean, her introduction was was pretty rough from the get go, and it, it just kind of continued. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was, it was. Um, I mean, it was fine. And then, and then Nova gets the 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 face pop for for hitting her with the Krupa Night Crunch. Yeah. So it was, um, it was kind of like very brief highlights, but kind of long highlights all at the same time it's kind of quite a lot sort of thrown in there for a very short period of time yeah um, we then got freeway dance to Jerry Crazy and Little Guido in a freeway dance obviously it's elimination rules as ECW like to do so Jerry's got his new look here where it's got the infamous kind of the more familiar to Jerry look with the beard and the um, the black also trunks black sort of trousers yeah that like he would wear for the, um, trousers. Yeah, that he would wear for pretty much the remainder of his career and still now. Um, and there's really minimal reference. Jerry Styles just sort of makes a comment about our oh, new look. And I don't know if it's because it was just new gear. It shouldn't actually be viewed as a a big deal. But to me, this is like a big deal. It's a massive transition. And it comes across in like the next segment when we get there that this is clearly a a transition of Tajiri and they, they could have highlighted it more. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have seen, um, and maybe they were worried about kind of, um, signposting it too much, although that's never a worry they seem to have. We have seen a, um, a transition. We have seen an attitude change. We have seen uh, a style change in points, you know, far more kicks, far more, you know, attacks, far more, you know, of a of a an aggressive kind of nature to him. 
um, his, face, his facials have changed everything. Yeah, so you do feel as if um, you know they they were setting up and this has been led, but it, it feels like it could have been, you know, telegraphed a little bit more, signposted, called out a little bit more. Yeah, so um, the match itself, again, these three have great matches. Guido makes crazy uh, taps, so crazy's eliminated. Crazy's in a weird place at the moment. He's kind of, yeah. I feel like he's been massively, I would say, pushed to the back. But he's um, been put on the back burner, I think, for the, for the minute. Absolutely. Um, and I, I understand the whole kind of trying to freshen up those three. Yeah. Um, but Guido seems to be a lot stronger suddenly. Tajiri, as we're about to see, has a certain amount of uh, shine to him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I get that someone's got to be eliminated first, but it does feel as if at this point in time, they're a little cool on, on crazy. Yeah, so he's obviously the one who does that. Then um, Jerry basically takes out Guido for the win. Uh, one is in the ring, sort of celebrating. Uh, Taz's music hit. Taz comes straight out. Taz basically begins to put over to Jerry, says that he's amazing. And anytime he wants it, brother, they, they, he'll happily fight him for the belt. Which is all positive stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just the same stuff we've seen before. And it's still that issue of how comes Taz is having to go out and tout for opponents? Why is no one after him? And if the answer is because he's the baddest man on the planet and, and I'd rather stay away, thank you very much, then let's have some people doing that. You can, you can do that as a chicken shit heel. Mm. Keep your credibility and work it through. But, but you know, Taz is coming to the ring and saying, do you fancy a title shot? Because, you know, you're pretty good and I've got nothing else going on. Taz is weird. Taz is in very much similar to, i say, Brock Lesnar's last run in WWE. Well, like we said, no one seems to be on his level. He's not really phased by anyone. People don't really go after him, but when they do get a match, they're just sort of destroyed. It's it's very sort of it's more just like who's like good enough to actually beat him for the belt here. Yeah, you know. And I obviously we keep repeating it, and sorry, but that's just it's the way it keeps coming across constantly. Um, but he does put over to Jerry, and this does bring out Steve Carino, who then obviously continues his um promo uh, feud with Taz. So I'm guessing that's what it is at this point. They're basically just um, sit there talking. He talks about Taz using bad language to get himself over, which then leads Taz to go on a massive uh, swearing rant to get the crowd going, which I thought was quite funny. Did um, At the end of that, did you worry that you had tinnitus as well? What, because of the, the beeping? Just just the whole good wee. I feel like um, the original wasn't as censored. Obviously, bits were, but I'm sure I, I, I do recall seeing a version that wasn't as censored as this. But um, I understand. And I said it's only going to get worse with the network now. But um, yes, it happens. So basically, they have a back and forth which leads to, out of nowhere, I guess, Tajiri starts attacking Taz and hits him with multiple kicks, drops it to the face and um, takes Taz out. 
and it turns out that Tajiri had been paid off by Carino and Jack Victory. Um, so I have a couple of, of things with this. One's kind of a question and one's kind of an observation. Yeah. Um, the observation is, is another we've paid someone off to attack someone in ECW angle. You know, we've just seen the Dudleys doing this ad nauseum. We've seen it, you know, throughout the years, but the Dudleys were doing it literally a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why it needed to be a, you know, you could have promised him anything. You could have promised him the championship, um, you know, but, you know, we, we've paid him off. It's cool. Um, so I assume this was the plan all along. You know, Jack Victory's got the flag. They've made the deal. This is the plan all along. What yeah. happens if Taz doesn't impromptu hits the ring to tell Tajiri how successful, uh, how how respectful he is, and how amazing he is? I mean, yeah. No, and I only ask because Taz is about to tell us how much of a shoot all of this is. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, obviously, he does just, um, yeah, it does sort of fall into plan really well, considering they didn't actually do anything to. No, and we've seen, plan. you know, we've seen turns ad nauseum because that's what wrestling is. But if you look at, like, you know, one of the biggest, one of our favorites of the reforming of the triple threat, yeah. there was a reason why Taz was in the ring at that point. There was a reason why Lance Storm was in the ring at that point. And it made sense why they were there and why they were blindsided and how it worked through. This is a little bit fortuitous in the sense of, you know, if you put in a good show and beat all of your people, and we, we believe you can do that, then the likelihood is that Taz is going to come out to tell you that he respects you because, uh, well, he doesn't do that with anyone else. So, so we think he's going to do that with you. And then we can come out and talk to him, at which point you can then kick him because he won't be expecting that because actually he'll think you're on his side based upon offering you a championship title match. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just shows the tactical brilliance of Stephen Carino. <laughs> yeah, no, he put it all in place. I mean, um, I mean, you could argue this plan was going to unfold later on, but they chose to pull the trigger then because Taz did come out. So you could maybe sort of set from that standpoint. But they'd already paid off to Jerry. They already had the flag and, and the mask, which I don't understand. Because you don't yeah, actually get a shot of the mask, so I don't quite know what was going on with the mask. Yeah, he did come out with the flag. That was weird. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, he did attack him. I mean, it could be that they've had this in place for a couple of weeks now and it was just a matter of time. Maybe what we've not seen, and we will, is that Cyrus, who's been working both angles, has been doing the whole kind of, that's Jerry kid. He's, you know, wow, he's, he's quite impressive. Is that Jerry kid? You should check out his matches. You know, he's making a bit of a name for himself. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just incredibly fortuitous, the timing that works through. But Taz is down, Jerry is standing. We get the return of the Pulp Fiction um, bits, which is, um, we haven't seen for a while, which is quite good. Always yeah, fun. I, um, I, I quite enjoyed them. I do, because it's a good way to get through bits. It's a um, quick interview of FBI, 
I didn't really think they said anything massively of interest. I think they were just sort of in it. No, basically, uh, yep. Yeah, Nova and Chetty. Um, obviously, we're getting over the sort of self-obsessed Chetty character where he's sort of like the look at my face, kind of. Which is, yep. again, good, but it's I feel like it's bunched up a bit too much with um, the Jason promo. Yes. But, um, again, that's just a general observation. Especially too. bearing in mind this is the first time Jason's got a promo in however oh, long. Yeah, exactly. So we then basically get that. Um, we then get an interview with Jason, who pretty much says that he won't name... Jazz because he doesn't like her, I think it was. Yeah, I mean they've been together eight months, is what's established earlier in the show. You know, he's she's been she's been with them for eight months now at this point. Um which is again is crazy because it feels like it was just a couple of weeks ago that Chastity was with them. Um but out of all of the hundreds of women he slept with, she's the absolute worst, and therefore that's why he's not giving her a name because she doesn't deserve one. Yeah. Although they've been hanging around for, for eight months. Yeah, no, so I thought that was... Um, Weird. That's cool. Then Jazz basically just jumped out and sort of beat him up, which was, again, fair enough. Uh, yeah, nice slow build to that one. Can't wait to, you know, see how long that lasts before we can get out. You know, six months' time, that's going to be the new um, Sabu versus Taz. Um, confrontation between RVD, Sabu and Jerry Lynn and Bill Alfonso basically they're sitting there talking um, Jerry Lynn steams in tries to get RVD's attention and sort of doesn't and kind of I don't know it gets reading too much into it but he kind of looks quite small in a sense here that he couldn't actually even get anyone's attention no one cared he was there uh, yeah I mean this was all about RVD out and out and yeah. out and it was it was that you know your your issues with the impact players don't bother me, don't concern me. I'm not interested. Um, we're having a row. We're having an argument. You know, I, this is this is my team. We're we're in the middle of something. Go away. Um, and what I loved was the fact that the reason why you know RVD agrees to be his team member at, at the pay per view is because Fonzie says he's not allowed. RVD's like. Oh. Don't tell me what I'm allowed to do. If I'm not allowed to do it, I'm going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, again, that was that was that was cool enough. It's fine. So basically, saying that way, they're going to be partners. They're going to get the promo from Taz, saying that he's going to beat the head out to Jerry on Sunday. So that's sort of yes, been announced. because this is a shoot. It's a shoot, brother. So that's been announced. Um, that's the end of the shows. It's not the end of our show. Obviously, uh, we've. How do you want to do it? Do you want to do your match of the week or do you want to run down the card first? Well, let's do my match of the week and then we'll run down the card, I think. All right, Jay, what is your match pick of the week? So there was some great stuff going on this week. Um, I did really enjoy RVD versus Balls Mahoney. Um, I enjoyed also, far more than I thought, the Impact Players versus uh, Jerry Lynn and Sabu. Um, but uh, overall, I do think that um, uh, Jerry Lynn versus Lance Storm was was just 
you know, as as I said when we were talking about it in the show, just just on the top of their game, absolutely incredible, um, and two people that just are, you know, clicking at such a high level at this point, and that really showed in the match. So, uh, yeah, Jerry Lynn versus um, uh, Lance Storm is my is my recommendation. I like it they, again, as we stated, they still have great chemistry. Can't go wrong with those two, so always great. Um, and yeah, like I said, next week is Heatwave pay per view. I'm sure by listening to us run down this, you pretty much cleared up on what the card is anyway by the future, but we'll just confirm it. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just from the last week's episode, you've probably worked out what the card is, but yeah. um, so the dark match is um, debuting. Simon Diamond. Oh, wow. Um, against uh, Vita Lagrasso. Very nice. Hopefully that'll be on TV at some point. Oh, that's another amazing theme song, uh, uh, entrance song that, that we're not going to get, isn't it? Yeah. Throw your hands in the air. Uh, then, um, first match on the, the actual pay per view card, we have Danny Doring and Roadkill with Angelica versus uh, Chetty and Nova. Cool. Um, then we will have uh, the, the culmination and the blow-off between Jazz and Jason. Uh, Little Guido versus Super Crazy is next. Then we will have um, uh, the Dudleys defending against Spike and Balls Mahoney. Yeah. Uh, we'll have an impromptu match following that, uh, which... Um, is classed here is, is, is yeah, I don't even know if this is actually a match, but uh, Carino versus Francine. Then in the co-main event, I'm sure, uh, we know we've got Taz versus Tajiri, and we know we've got the Impact players versus RVD and Jerry Lynn. Or the shows. Yeah, I mean, they haven't disappointed with their own pay-per-view so far. So I'm excited for this. I, I actually, as much as the build is a little bit suspect, I am really excited for Taz versus um, Tajiri. Uh, ECW continues to to do weird pay-per-view builds. So either they've got the card locked in four weeks before anything happens and they're so desperate for stuff, they do weird things like, you know, and suddenly the title's changed. Or they do it like they've done here, which is kind of like within the last week, everything's been pulled together. It's always hard with ECW with so many people coming and going with so many you know, issues with, with wrestlers and injuries with wrestlers. It's so hard at the moment to see whether, I mean, that's the last two that were, you know, it was card subject to change. And literally the first thing is Paul Heyman going, yeah, it's changed. Um, so you can kind of understand them locking in a little bit later in this one than, than some of the previous ones to try and see who they can, have around and work through, but yeah, their 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 build to pay per views is still not smooth. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they sort of obviously, they, like I said, they they do what they do, and it's 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 cool. But um, this one especially has felt slightly rushed. Yeah, like literally, pretty much last segment of the go home show. Yeah, it's pretty rushed. But, like I said, optimistic. It's going to be a fantastic show, as they seem to always be. 
and we will be back talking about that. If you want to have your say, we'll throw it up on the social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll be putting up what your memories are of this show. It'll be interesting because it's not it's not a big standout. I imagine the Dudley's promo has got to surely be flagged as people's most memory. But if you have others, obviously get involved. Um, as you have all been doing, obviously continue to tag us um, in anything ECW. It'll be photos and stuff like that. It's always appreciated. Or events that you remember, just get us involved in the conversation. Absolutely. We'll be involved in the conversation. So, um, yeah, keep that going. Uh, thank you very much. We're back next week. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and just like RVD, that was the whole fucking show. <laughs>